When you think you've reached the end, God has a new beginning for you. Even when it seems the world is against you, or friends have betrayed you, it's not the end. We must die to ourselves and pick up our cross. No matter how bleak the future may look, there is hope. Look up and experience all that God has for you. This is not the end. It's only the beginning. Hi. We are in week two of our series, The End of the Beginning. So our April series, what we're doing is we're kind of walking along the last day of Jesus's life. Last week, we, we looked at his betrayal. We looked at how Judas betrayed Jesus. And then we looked at how, in the light of that, what are some ways that we need to look for God's purposes for us in the middle of broken relationships? Because we all have broken relationships. Today, we're taking it a, a step further. So Jesus was betrayed, then he was tried, but then he was crucified. So if you don't know what that is today, I'll kind of clue you in. Maybe you've been to a church before and you've noticed one of these. They're everywhere. The cross is a Roman tool of execution. So modern, modern things that we do like it would be the electric chair, lethal injection. is a way to kill somebody. And the cross was a really awful way to kill somebody. It was painful. It took days. And eventually what happened was you suffocated to death. And so today what we're going to be looking at is Jesus on the cross. And then we're going to compare that to another passage where Jesus talks about us carrying our own crosses. And our theme for this series is really simple, but I think really powerful. It's when you think it is the end, God has a new beginning for you. And today we're going to look at that in the context of Jesus crucified. And some of you are like, Pastor Eric, it's Palm Sunday. I know. I didn't miss it. It's okay. And that's why, you know, Pastor Craig read the Palm Sunday passage, so you got that, you're good. But we don't have a Good Friday service yet. And so I really kind of felt that before we head into Easter, before we, we look at the resurrection, that we need to once again today consider the cross. And so we're going to look at John chapter 19. We're going to kind of get a couple pieces of this. It says, carrying his, which is Jesus' own cross, he went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it put the sponge on a stalk of a hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. So there we have Jesus on the cross as recorded in the gospel according to John. It has a couple of noteworthy moments that he carried his own cross up to where he was killed that there were two others who were crucified with him. 
He fulfills some scripture talking about how he's thirsty and they put some wine vinegar to his lips. Interestingly enough, if you do a little bit of research on what that is, that was actually something that, w- that was meant to, you know, wine vinegar, that sounds gross, right? But it was actually meant to kind of refresh somebody and to keep them alive longer, essentially, so the crucifixion would last longer. And then Jesus says, it's finished. He bows his head and he gives up his spirit. Now, I want to kind of juxtapose this with a passage in Luke 9, where it says this. Then he, again, Jesus is speaking, said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit or lose their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. So I want to compare these two passages, Jesus on the cross and Jesus telling us, each one of us, you, 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 to pick up your cross. And this is a lot of fun for me because I actually got to talk about the cross a couple of months ago, really recently, in our Mark series. This is something I really love talking about. And for those of you who were there for the Mark series, you're going to recognize what I'm about to say. But I think if you weren't there, this is really important to get from the, the first little part of our passage. Jesus is never weak on the cross. Jesus is never weak on the cross. When we read this passage in John and we see Jesus doing all these things, these are all things he chooses to do for us. And in fact, Jesus chooses the moment of his death. And he bows his head and he gives up his spirit. And the idea that we have to get when we consider carrying our own cross in in the next passage is that often where we we look at this and, and we think, oh, Jesus was, 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 was somehow weak because he got put on the cross. We don't realize that Jesus is actually at his strongest on the cross. He is doing exactly what he was put on earth to do willingly for you and for me. And at every moment, Jesus makes the decision to do what he does and to die for you. And I want you to consider the same idea as we, can, as we look at us carrying our own cross. Because in our first point today, picking up our cross looks like death, but it's actually the only way to find real life. So we want to consider the, the, the crucifixion of Jesus. We want to consider that Jesus tells us to pick up our cross and follow him. Picking up our cross, denying ourselves, as Jesus says, often is something where we think, I'm going to lose something. I'm going to to somehow lose out. I'm going to miss out. When that's the opposite of what's true, it's actually the only way to find real life. And Jesus communicates this to us. He says, whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. We're dumb sometimes. Do you admit that? I'm stupid. 
So many times I think, this is going to make me feel better. This is going to help me cope. This isn't that big of a deal. Instead of going and taking all of that to Jesus, and Jesus tells us, you want to save your life? You want to try to do this on your own? You want to try to fix your own mess? You are going to mess it all up. Because what you're doing is you're rebelling against God. The word in that theologically is sin. And the Bible teaches us the wages of sin is death. We think we're finding life, but all we're doing is we're piling death on top of death on top of death. But just as Jesus submits to the cross, he calls you to do the exact same thing. And just as for Jesus, the cross looked like death, the Romans thought he was weak because they could crucify him. The moment we pick up our cross, we deny ourselves and we follow Jesus is actually the point where we are the strongest. Because instead of relying on our own strength, the Holy Spirit empowers us and we get to instead let Jesus' strength be our own as we deny ourselves. And this picking up our cross, this real life that we get when we choose to do that is intimately connected with walking step by step with Jesus. In the very first part of that passage, then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily. How often? Hmm. And follow me. But Jesus didn't say, whoever wants to be my disciple must eh, kind of do whatever they want and take up their cross on Sunday. We'll just keep it to Sunday and uh, maybe pray every now and then. Uh, it's pretty high commitment because Church, you're the bride of Christ. Some of us dudes, that's a little awkward. That's okay. We're the bride of Christ. Those of you who are married, how'd you feel if your, your spouse was just like, hey, you know, every Sunday I'm going to show up, we'll hang out for like an hour? You know? Then I'm just going to kind of do my own thing, if that's all right. Babe, is that all right? See you for an hour on Sunday, then I'm just going gonna, gonna to check out. I'm going to do my own thing. I'll, I'll see you on next Sunday. It's fine. <laughs> she hates it when I point her out. I'll, I'll pay for that later. <laughs> Jesus is talking about a consistent, intimate relationship with him. And that takes more than, than a one-time event. It takes more than just that moment where, where you believe in Jesus and, and, and you, be, you become born again. And, you know, and, and then maybe you go to church on Sunday, but Jesus is talking about the lifelong process of following him, of knowing him through prayer and through reading the Bible and through the Holy Spirit and, 
this lifelong process of discipleship where you grow closer and closer and closer. Because Jesus died for that relationship to be available to you. That's how much he wanted to have that level of closeness with you. That's how much God wanted you. That he, t- he went to the cross. And then he, he tells us, Jesus tells us that just as he went to the cross, we must pick up our own, deny ourselves, and follow him. It's a lot like the, the verse, in, in, there's a verse in the book of Joshua that I love. It's a, choose today who you will serve. Today, today. As every day crops up, we choose today who we will serve And for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Lastly, what happens when we pick up our cross? Picking up our cross changes our perspective from the here and now to the eternal. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet lose or forfeit their very self. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. That's not a verse we put on, that second verse there, that's not one we put on our fridge as much in pretty handwriting. It's one of those harsh things that Jesus says that we kind of like gloss over. God is love. He's just nice and cuddly all the time. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory. Some of y'all are scared to invite someone to an Easter service. That hard? That uncomfortable a little bit? Jesus tells us we have, to, we have to pick up our cross daily and follow him. We cannot be ashamed of him. We have to be willing as fully surrendered followers of Jesus to walk right into the discomfort of saying, hey, I believe in Jesus. I love Jesus. He saved me. He changed me. He can save and change you. He loves you more than you could possibly imagine. It's the gospel. It's good news. And sometimes we treat it like it's just something that it's garbage. We treat the good news like it's garbage. Because if you, when I take my garbage, I take it out of the trash can, it smells bad. I take it outside, out of my house. I don't want it in there. I put it in another trash can and I put it out to go away. That's somehow it's how we, we treat the gospel. We treat Jesus as something we have to hide away in a corner because maybe it smells a little mad and it's not socially acceptable anymore. But if we pick up our cross daily, we have that intimacy of relationship with Jesus, we start realizing that the gospel matters eternally. That there's more to life than today. That there's more to life than even this existence. And that what the gospel 
means is the difference between heaven and hell to people who are lost and dying without Jesus. And if we pick up our cross daily, it will change our perspective from being, you know, this is uncomfortable right now for me to talk about this, to if I don't talk about this, this person may be lost and dying in their sin. And it will ask, it'll help you to ask the question that I hope you can ask every day of your life because you're empowered by the Spirit for Jesus' mission. And this question is simple. What can I do today that affects eternity? What can I do that makes Jesus' kingdom come and his will be done here on earth as it is in heaven? Because the cross should challenge us. Jesus is dying on the cross for our sins, should challenge us to look at how what we do today can affect eternity. Because the cross looked like the end. All the disciples thought it was. No, none, of those, none of those disciples who were following Jesus were looking for Easter Sunday. And death to self, picking up our cross. Also, sometimes it sounds like the end. But when you think it's the end, God has a new beginning for you. Where your focus shifts from you and yourself and today to what Jesus wants to do with you to affect other people's eternities.